0: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me to go over some highlights of Budget 23, which will also serve as the 22-23 third quarter fiscal update. Budget 23 secures Alberta's future by growing and diversifying the economy, strengthening health care and education, improving the safety of communities across the province, and establishing a new fiscal framework. This plan achieves the priorities of Albertans, which include ensuring the government lives within its means. Over the last four years, our relentless focus on investment attraction, job creation, and diversification has secured our position as the economic engine of Canada. Alberta's economy has momentum, and Budget 2023 continues that positive fiscal trajectory with another balanced budget and forecasted surplus of $2.4 billion in 2023 24 and projected surpluses of $2 billion next year in the mid-year and $1.4 billion in 2025 26 Budget 23 also continues our successful Alberta at Work initiative that's helping Albertans build their skills and fill thousands of new jobs as businesses grow and more corporations invest in our province. We're investing even more towards building capacity in our health care system to deliver better care for Albertans. We're strengthening our education system so that our children and grandchildren are prepared for their future. We're improving safety and security in our communities while responding to the needs of vulnerable populations. And we're saving for tomorrow and paying down provincial debt so that the services we rely on are secure for decades to come. Job growth in Alberta has been phenomenal this past year, and people from across Canada and around the world continue to move here in record numbers and take advantage of our job opportunities, high wages, low taxes, and affordable living. National and global companies have expanded in Alberta, creating new jobs, diversifying our economy, and taking advantage of our extremely competitive corporate income tax rate. Budget 23 is securing Alberta's advantage. Building on the $600 million committed over three years to the Alberta at Work initiative, Budget 23 includes an additional $370 million to get more unemployed Albertans back to work. We critically need more doctors and nurses to provide care for Albertans. So we're creating 1,800 new seats for healthcare aides, licensed pra- uh, practical nurses reg- and registered nurses. Now we're also committing $30 million over three years to create 120 more seats in medical de- degree programs at the University of Alberta and the University of Calgary. A 40% increase in the total number of seats seats that will be in place to uh, train future physicians. We're expanding training opportunities in other sectors as well. Another 35 million over three years will expand enrollment in non-trade construction programs and training in the energy technology business and aviation sectors. We're strengthening Alberta's economy across all industries and creating opportunities so every family can participate in the Alberta Advantage. While economic growth is strong Times remain tough for many families and households. New relief measures are helping post-secondary students with lower student loan interest rates and more repayment assistance. We're providing more grants and bursaries to low-income Albertans, upgrading their skills to fill jobs in high-demand sectors. These measures will keep $178 million more dollars in the pockets of students each year as they upgrade their skills and acquire new knowledge on their road to successful careers. This adds to our comprehensive affordability measures, including the suspension of the fuel tax, electricity rebates, the indexation of personal income taxes and social supports to inflation, and targeted supports to our seniors, families, and most vulnerable. We're also making record investments in kindergarten through grade 12 education to secure the future for our youth. In total, Budget 23 provides an additional $1.8 billion over three years, including a 5.2% increase in 23-24 to fund enrollment growth, reduce class size, meet the specialized learning needs of students, and improve transportation. The 23 Capital Plan supports 58 school projects, including new schools that will provide new and improved student spaces, create jobs, and revitalize Alberta communities. During our budget consultations, we heard from Albertans across the province who identified the need to strengthen our health care system and increase its capacity. We've heard you. Budget 23 commits $965 million more this year for health care. That's a 4.1% increase to re- reduce wait times in hospital emergency rooms, provide more surgical capacity, and get more ambulances on the road to respond to emergencies. We're supporting the Alberta Surgical Initiative with 237 million over three years, including 120 million in new money to build and expand operating rooms in 14 communities to allow thousands more surgeries across the province. 150 million, pardon me, 158 million this year alone will support a plan to increase the number of healthcare professionals in Alberta, especially in rural areas. Another $150 million over three years for emergency medical services will hire more staff and improve ambulance response times and $15 million will put more ambulances on the road. Our health care action plan will fundamentally transform and improve health care delivery in the province. Public safety and a fair and efficient justice system are key responsibilities of government. Budget 23 commits $1.2 billion in operating funding to public safety and emergency services and $655 million to justice. This represents a 12% increase overall. This funding will increase the number of Crown prosecutors and add support staff to address the backlog, increase capacity, and modernize our courts. It means more boots on the ground to better fight crime in our communities. Budget 23 also provides $22 million over three years to strengthen First Nations policing. This will fund a new First Nation police force in Siksika and additional officers in Indigenous communities across the province. Alberta's strong balance sheet wouldn't have been possible without our commitment to responsible fiscal management. We intend to lock in this commitment and secure Alberta's future with a new fiscal framework that requires balanced budgets, controls operating spending and provides a framework for surplus cash. A balanced budget requirement and limiting spending increases to population growth and inflation will ensure appropriate and sustainable spending. The spending ceiling will challenge government to focus on how we can transform the way we do things to improve the way we deliver services and programs, while making sure Albertans' hard-earned tax dollars are respected and used efficiently. The fiscal framework will ensure the government continues to prioritize saving for the future and the paying down of debt and balanced budgets will become the norm instead of the exception. While our forecast revenue of $70.7 billion for 23-24 is down from our 22-23 revenue forecast of $76 billion, we're projecting another surplus of $2.4 billion for 23-24 and further surpluses the following two years. Record bitumen royalties of $12.6 billion have helped keep our province in the black, but corporate income tax revenue is a big part of that story as well. Just over four years ago, Alberta's corporate income tax rate sat at 12%, based on the assumption that a higher corporate tax rate would categorically result in more government revenue. The problem with that thinking is that there are lots of other places. Corporations can choose to do business, and many of those other places had, more, had a more competitive business environment. So companies passed over Alberta and went elsewhere investment in alberta declined during those years as did corporate revenue so our government set out to create a business environment that would attract business investment back into alberta one of our first steps was the job creation tax cut now at eight percent our general corporate tax rate is significantly lower than the next lowest provinces ontario and quebec and our combined federal provincial corporate tax rate is lower than 44 u.s jurisdictions the result is investment across sectors, aviation, technology, and financial services, to name a few, is exploding. And with it, expanded fiscal capacity resulting from higher corporate income tax revenue, or pardon me, resulting in higher corporate income tax revenue. Record high corporate income tax revenue of $6.4 billion this year and $5.9 billion next year, to be exact. That's significant. This is why fiscal responsibility matters, why investment attraction matters, why diversification matters. This is how we fund programs and services that support Albertans. Total expense is forecast at $68.3 billion in 2022-23, higher than at budget last year as we've helped Albertans deal with the rising cost of living, covered agreements with doctors, teachers and other public sector workers and increased capacity in the justice system. In 23-24, operating expense is forecast at 3% higher than last year, then grows moderately by 2% for each of the following two years. Alberta's oil and gas sector continues to play a vital role in driving our economy and creating prosperity for hardworking families and for our entire nation. The government is forecasting a price of $79 U.S. for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate in 23-24, dropping to $76 and $73.50 in the out years. We continue to stand up for Alberta's energy industry and the Albertans whose livelihoods depend on it. And we continue to invest in projects and programs that reduce emissions and help grow and diversify Alberta's energy sector. Alberta's economy is poised to grow at 2.8% this year, continuing to lead the country canadians are taking notice of our incredible value proposition of low taxes opportunity and affordability and they're moving here at record rates with alberta's population expected to grow 2.9 percent in 23 the fastest pace since 2007. budget 23 is a budget that secures alberta's future we're securing the health and education of Albertans by increasing access to family doctors, surgeries and emergency services and making sure our children and grandchildren have the education system they need to reach their full potential. We're securing economic success and prosperity by charging Albert me, yes, charging Albertans 20 billion less than they would pay under the tax system of the next lowest province, positioning Alberta for investment attraction, diversification and job creation. And we're securing our future with a new fiscal framework that will require appropriate and sustainable spending, prioritize debt repayment and savings in surplus management, and ensure the next generation is not encumbered with a debt they did not incur. Budget 23 is securing Alberta's future, your future. Thank you, and I'm happy to take some questions.
1: Media Q&A, you'll have one question, one follow-up. Either give us two at the top or one and one. Um, we'll start with those in the rooms before we go to the phone. Just a reminder to introduce yourself, your name, and your outlet. Um, with that, we'll start with the first question here at the mic. Yep.
2: Graham Thompson. Today I'm with the Toronto Star. Uh, Minister, this, this is a pre-election budget. You may not see it that way, but it certainly is. So how
0: is or how has the upcoming election influenced Are affected today's budget. Well, well, Graham, you're right. We have an election here in a few months and this is a budget just ahead of that election. But really, Budget 23 continues the direction, the course that we set in 2019. And that course was twofold. It was about bringing uh, responsible fiscal management back to the province. As you know, we set a fiscal anchor at that time of aligning our uh, per capita a spending per capita cost of delivering government services with that of comparator provinces, and we've delivered on that objective. At the same time, we set a path back in the day, back in 2019. To ensure that Alberta's uh, business environment was most competitive, so that we could uh, attract investment, see a growing and diversified economy, which which we knew would result in increased job opportunities for Albertans, but also increased revenues for the government as we had expanded fiscal capacity. Budget 23 continues on those two main themes. Now, we're going to add to that because. Uh, Following COVID, it's been um, clear in this province and every other province in Canada that health care is a challenge. And everywhere I traveled in my pre-budget consultations, Albertans were concerned about our health care system. That's why we're increasing health care funding by 4% this year, uh, almost a billion dollars in one year alone, to ensure that uh, Minister Copping and all the great folks uh, in our health care system have the funds they need to improve, transform the system to deliver better For Albertans to reduce surgical wait times, to reduce wait times in emergency rooms, to reduce the wait times for our paramedics to to get out and and assist somebody in in an emergency. Now the other thing, Graham, we did is we uh, supported Albertans at a time of inflation, at a time when affordability is a challenge uh, right across the province. And so, again, we uh, signaled uh, our affordability support in our mid-year report. Of course, this budget funds a number of affordability measures, certainly in the upcoming budget year and even in the future years. But, again, uh, that's simply a response to the fact that, you know, in Alberta, over the last three years, we did the heavy lifting fiscally. We got our fiscal house in order. We're running a surplus, thanks to very high energy prices, a very significant surplus in the current fiscal year. All of that gave us the ability as a government to support Albertans during a time of of affordability challenge. And speaking of elections, um, will you run in the next election, upcoming election? Graham, I've been focused on um, preparing this budget and and presenting it. I'm going to be making finalizing a decision and announcing that in the days ahead. Why would you know now? Right. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Audrey. <laughs> Hi Audrey Neveu from Canada. Um, I want to know what are the consequences of the Alberta government if it ever happens that it does not respect the fiscal framework uh, that it will set out in legislation. What's the consequence except just saying oops, we broke our own law?
0: Hundred days of jail time. How's that?
1: <laughs> you tell just, me. <laughs> just just
0: um, just kidding. Uh, look, the, um, for a government to contravene its, its own legislation, and that's regardless of which government, legislation that was passed in the House would be um, far more than embarrassing. It would be a public spectacle. And there would be a huge political cost to bear for breaking that legislation. I believe that simply passing legislation uh, around these fiscal rules provides real teeth Uh, in terms of the impetus for governments to follow them. That's why crafting the fiscal rules um, and the details in the fiscal rules are so important. We have a revenue structure here in the province and a resource-based economy where we have revenue volatility, and these rules have to accommodate that uh, kind of revenue structure and and economy, and I believe they do.
1: And my second question is, do the massive investments, well, big investments we see in the Alberta shares pave the way for an Alberta Provincial
0: police? Right now we're focused on better enforcement and less crime. That's the focus of our government. So we're making very significant investments, both in our public safety ministry as well as our justice ministry. And we're we're going to be um, funding well over two hundred additional enforcement officers. Uh, across the province that's significant that's our focus right now and of course the second part of that is to ensure that we have a justice system with the capacity to deal with you know every case that needs to be heard every perpetrator needs to have their day in court justice must be served that's why we're increasing again public safety and justice ministry budgets by about 12 percent on average.
1: Great thank you Audrey.
3: Minister Julia Wong CBC national um, considering how volatile things have been for Alberta in the last 10 years could you have saved more could you have paid down the debt more considering interest rates are so
0: high we have I mean look we inherited a government that was spending 10 billion dollars more than compared to provinces back in 2019 we we set out a fiscal plan to thoughtfully carefully surgically bring our cost of delivering government services down. We didn't take the Ralph Klein approach of doing it in one year with 20% cuts. We took four years to do it, which we believed would be easier on Albertans to, to take that route and we've delivered on that. This year in 22-23 in our per capita cost of delivering government services is right in line with the average of BC, Ontario and Quebec and so that's significant progress. That's what set the stage Uh, for this province to ultimately deliver balanced budgets into the future. So we immediately went to work on bringing fiscal responsibility back to the province and it's that work that ultimately prepared us, led us to a very significant surplus last year which allowed us to reduce our debt by over $13 billion. Saving Albertans $260 $260 million in 22-23, about $550 million in 23-24, and just under $600 million in 24-25 in debt service costs. That's almost $1.2 billion. that can go to education, go to health care, or maybe go to the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. Again, you know, would it have been better that previous governments would have brought fiscal responsibility in the years earlier? Yes, it would have been. But the minute we, were, we took office in 2019, we went to work and we, we had a few bumps. COVID, the largest contraction in the global economy since the Great Depression, and the largest collapse in energy prices in history was all in the mix. But again, we stuck to the plan, and I have to give credit to Albertans who dug in and worked hard and showed incredible resilience. Alberta entrepreneurs who saw opportunity that governments never could and stepped out and invested and grew this co- economy towards leading the nation right now. That's what dug us out of the hole. That's why we're able to pay down the debt and save Albertans these debt service costs.
3: Um, you mentioned the Heritage Fund earlier. I want to ask you about the Alberta Fund because we all got a crash course on it a little bit earlier because what it sounds like is it's a way for the UCP government to say hey we have 1.4 billion dollars left over right before the writs dropped and before there's an election.
0: The purpose of the Alberta fund is to bring discipline to the use of a surplus. That's really the purpose of the Alberta fund. Look I, I, I know in our businesses or even in our households in my experience if you have unallocated surplus hanging around it's pretty easy to spend it irresponsibly. The, the, the Alberta fund will provide guardrails, will, will provide a framework, will require discipline in, in ultimately spending that money. There's only three uses for funds that end up into the, in, in the Alberta fund, which of course is all of the surplus that's not being used for debt repayment in the year that, um, that, that it's achieved. And of course, those uses are holding the funds for future debt repayment, additional deposits into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund, and of course, um, one-time expenditures on strategic government priorities that are non-reoccurring. In other words, not just dumping it into programs and ultimately inflating the cost of delivering uh, programs to an unsustainable level. The whole purpose of the Alberta Fund is, in fact, to bring discipline to the process –
1: Great, thank you. Catherine?
4: Catherine Gurkowski Alberta Today. So the last few weeks and months I've been told, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Stay tuned for the liability management incentive program details for the CPP for an Alberta provincial police. And there's a whole bunch of these promises. I'm not, I'm not seeing details. I'm not seeing line items. Why are so many of these uh, not accounted for in this budget?
0: Well, look, a, a budget is ultimately a, stregi- a strategic plan laid out numerically for the upcoming year and so you're not seeing an alberta pension plan in this budget you're not seeing a definitive alberta alberta police force in this budget and you're not seeing an R Star program in this budget because none of those none of those policies have been approved right now we as a government are reaching out on all of them uh, and consulting with albertans as the minister of finance i'm looking forward to the day when i can release the report That we've been working on uh, with respect to an Alberta pension plan. Right now that report's being updated for a fresh data set that we received in December. The work will be done sometime in May and it will be important that Albertans uh, receive the report and can take a look at the opportunities and the risks of an Alberta pension plan and ultimately make the decision. So no uh, right now in this upcoming year we don't have plans to move to an Alberta pension plan and and in terms of an Alberta police force Again, there's no budget line in there because we haven't made definitive plans to do that. All of these policies require engagement with Albertans and ultimately Albertans a need to decide.
4: And on health care, you mentioned this 4.1% increase, but on your own self-imposed limitation of population plus inflation, you could have spent up to 8.7%. and. We're even seeing cuts still in health to things like cancer research and prevention. Um, why not use that full amount that you could have? Why, why not go even bigger for health?
0: Our, our fiscal rules uh, around um, a limitation on increasing expenditures uh, no higher than population growth and CPI creates a ceiling. It doesn't create a target. Our target continues to be the fiscal anchor that we identified in 2020, and that is to align our per capita government spending with that of other provinces. We believe in Alberta we can deliver programs at least as efficiently as the other provinces. A 4% increase in health spending on top of a 4% increase the year before is very, very significant. And if you know, if we take uh, the COVID costs uh, out of the year before, out of 21-22 which were significant we were right in the middle of COVID then our increase in health spending is actually closer to 11 percent. We need to ensure that we're funding health adequately we also need to ensure that we're continuing to bring fiscal discipline to the province. I believe this budget achieves both.
3: Hi Lily Polenchuk from the Gateway. Uh, for my first question, for three years in a row, the Campus Alberta grant has received cuts, but with Budget 23, it seems like this trend is reversing. Um, so if so, why have you decided to reverse this trend now?
0: So in, in Budget 2022, uh, we, as, as we as a province started to recognize that um, we have you know, thousands of unfilled positions that require specific skills and competencies we started reinvesting uh, again in, in a significant way in our, in our great world-class post-secondary institutions. That was really our uh, workforce initiative. That was $600 million in total over three years. A portion of those funds were used to buy specific seats in specific occupations and disciplines where there was great demand. Uh, just a really quick story. We, for the funds we set aside, we believed we could buy 7,000 seats, and these were seats in high-demand areas. And Minister Nicolaitis, to his credit, worked with our great post-secondary institutions. And ultimately, for that same amount of money, they're providing 10,000 additional learning seats. We're building on that. As you point out in Budget 2023, this is about, again, recognizing a great need, um, a great need by, uh, for Alberta employers, but also a, a really important great need for Albertans to have the skills they need to participate in this great Alberta advantage. That's why we're investing but we're doing it in a different way. Much of our investment is targeted towards the specific seats in the occupations and professions that are in great demand. An incredibly valuable and worthwhile investment.
3: Great, thank you. And for my second question, um, you earlier said that Budget tw- or budget 23 is c- a continuation of Budget 2019. Um, and in Budget 23, you are changing the uh, interest rates for student loans from the prime plus 1% rate to the prime rate. But in 2019, it was the opposite. It was changed from already being at the prime rate to prime plus um, the 1%. So what affected this change?
0: Sure, sure. That, that's a great question and an astute question. In terms of delivering a budget and a fiscal plan, that's fiscally responsible that was the direction we set in 2019 budget 2023 aligns with that overall principle here's the good news we've spent three years doing the heavy lifting making difficult decisions all of us as Albertans and we've got our fiscal house in order we've achieved the fiscal anchor of aligning our per capita costs of delivering services with that of comparative provinces that's a key anchor And now that gives us the ability to move spending up, prioritize and fund key priorities uh, of Albertans. And again, right now, we are really facing an an affordability challenge that's been unprecedented in recent time. And this is a way that we can provide real tangible relief for Alberta Alberta students.
1: Great, thank you. Um, We're just going to switch to the lines because we have quite a few people waiting right now. We'll come back to the room in a little bit. So, operator, can you put through the first caller?
5: Thank you. I'm a greenie, Globe and Mail.
2: Yeah, good day, Minister. I want to ask you about the new Alberta Fund. Um, Can you please expand on the reason why it is that your government is shifting what could be significant capital expenses, even if just one time, to a separate fund? I mean, you could have billions in targeted spending here, but you're choosing to omit that from budget. So can you say why?
0: Well, again, Emma, we're establishing the Alberta Fund to bring discipline to the use of our surpluses. I, I really believe it's critically important that um, Albertans get full value and have their surpluses managed, um, you know, in a publicly beneficial way. That's the purpose of the Alberta fund. It's not, you know, it, it's to be more transparent with Albertans on the use of those funds. As as I've mentioned, um, when a surplus is achieved, effectively that surplus can be used for debt repayment, additional deposit into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund, or for one-time non-reoccurring, uh, strategic priorities of the government. And I, again, the Alberta Fund is so that we can be more transparent and bring more fiscal responsibility on behalf of Albertans. The budget process is the place where we identify priorities of Albertans and needs within um, government delivered services such as healthcare care and education. And it's in that budget process that we look to make a thoughtful uh, durable and sustainable decisions, appropriate decisions around funding programming.
1: Emma, did you have a follow-up?
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, you're saying that it's going to bring discipline, but in fact, you can spend this on anything you like that is a one-time spend. I mean, there's an election coming up, to, to Graham's point earlier. You can find anything in a writing where you need votes, and polling is, is shown as being close. So explain to Bert. Why
0: this is not simply a pre-election slush fund? A- Emma, well, I appreciate the question. It's anything but a slush fund. It, again, it was uh, conceived to bring discipline uh, to the use of, of surplus. And so surplus could only be used uh, for three uses with a priority being saving and debt repayment. Now, included in these fiscal rules is a balanced bu- budget requirement, Included in the fiscal rules is, in fact, an expenditure ceiling. And including in the fiscal rules is a requirement that um, the government deliver based on the budget with effectively only the contingency uh, for use for emergencies, disasters, or unforeseen expenditures that may arise in the year. So, again, the series, the fiscal framework, the layering of protection, I believe will ensure that governments cannot act irresponsibly ahead of an election, per se, uh, and, and spend a, a surplus that's sitting in the count. Look, even if if the funds are in surplus, we're going to, you know, running a significant surplus this year. Now, we're paying down a lot of debt, which I believe is the best use for a surplus. But any surplus that sits in that Alberta fund um, has to be, to, to spend it, it has to be reflected in the budget. It can't just be, uh, governments just can't go in there and take it and run off and spend it. It has to be spent in a consistent way with the budget that I'm going to look to present to the legislature and hopefully pass within the next three to four weeks. So again, there's a series of controls that will bring fiscal discipline uh, to this uh, to any government and the Alberta Fund is just another uh, mechanism to bring that discipline.
1: Operator, can you put through the next caller?
5: Thank you, Jeremy Thompson, CTV.
2: Hi there, um, uh, thanks for taking my question here. Uh, firstly, just wondering about the um, the spending on uh, major cities,
5: Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, how much of an effort was made to make the spending you know, relatively equal? It looks like they're both getting about $2 billion. Uh, what, what can you say about uh, the division uh, between the two major cities?
0: Look when ministries bring um, requests, whether it 's operating requests or capital requests to Treasury board, we at Treasury Board take a look at where's the where 's the greatest need and where 's the greatest return on investment what what are the biggest priorities for albertans regardless of geography that 's the reality. The fact is that Calgary and Edmonton are both great big world- class cities and so they're going there's going to be significant capital funds uh, spent in both of those regions and both of those uh, municipalities but also right across Alberta we again make decisions based on need and priority and defensibility and uh, and that was the way the decisions were taken this year
1: did you have a follow-up
5: yeah and then just uh, when it comes to cities uh, I, I'm sure you know they might be interested in accessing some of the funds uh, in that Alberta fund. You know, it's over a billion dollars. Is there, is there a process for cities to sort of request access to that, perhaps for, you know, a new arena or uh,
0: upgrades to, uh, to a stadium like Commonwealth? Well, in terms of municipalities directly access, accessing the fund, the answer is no. There is no mechanism, and that's by design. Again, the Alberta Fund was established to bring discipline to the use of surplus. There's only three uses uh, for those funds. The priority will be given to uh, debt, re- debt reduction, debt repayment, uh, further investment in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund, and also an allowance for one-time uh, spending that's non-reoccurring that uh, aligns with uh, strategic government priorities.
1: Operator, can you put through the next caller?
0: Janet French, CBC.
4: Hello there. Um, Some of the structural costs that you've built into this budget rely on oil revenues to sustain. This seems to me to be completely opposite to the work that you've done to slim down the government during the last three years to rein in these structural costs. So what's your long-term plan to sustain these service levels without relying on resource revenues?
0: That's been an age-old question here in Alberta. Job number one was... Uh, bringing responsible fiscal management to the bottom half of the income statement to our expenditures. And that's, that's what we be- believed was uh, the first job. And we've worked hard at that over the last four years. Again, doing it thoughtfully, surgically but getting it done. Bringing our expenditures in line to where they're at a much more sustainable level going forward. They're to the point where we can make um, additional reinvestment. We can invest in Alberta's priorities. We can meet emerging needs because we've done the heavy fiscal lifting. Now, with respect to Alberta's uh, revenue structure, it does remain volatile. We do depend at this point, uh, certainly to a significant degree, on non-renewable resource revenues. And, uh, and, And that's our reality right now. At the same time, we've focused on, again, creating a business environment that would attract investment and further diversify the economy. That's also happening. And that's in part reflected in the increasing corporate tax revenue and personal tax revenue that we see in the province so that is also part of the equation and and we're focused on that there's great value in a more diversified economy in Alberta not only so that Albertans can have you know find and pursue careers perhaps that they couldn't in Alberta a few years ago but it also will create more stability for government revenues going forward
1: did you have a follow-up
4: I do. But if we're looking at the numbers for twenty four I mean eighteen billion dollars of the revenue you're expecting is coming from resource revenues and we're gonna spend sixty eight billion. What's to prevent you if oil prices crash from having to come back and then lay off all these healthcare workers, these education workers that you're hiring?
0: Look, we, we went through a period of time where WTI oil prices hit the negatives in twenty twenty. And the WCS prices stayed at $10 for far too long. We managed through that, and we managed through that uh, while we continued to deliver government services. In fact, at the time, we were dealing with a pandemic, and we were having to support Albertans at a much higher level because of that. You know, I talk about the importance of paying down debt. Paying down debt creates fiscal room. And when you have fiscal room, you can more effectively deal with an economic shock that might be coming in the future. Ultimately, that's the whole goal of paying down debt, or certainly one of the goals. One of the other benefits, of course, is reduced debt servicing costs. You know, I've, I've said um, in you know previous years, and I continue to believe it, after the government of Alberta gets their spending in line, which we've achieved that, at some point in the future, it'll be important that uh, Alberta... Uh, takes a look at its revenue structure to ensure that it's most appropriate, that it's most efficient. Uh, There's a time when that will be important, and that time will probably be in the not-too-distant future. But right now, uh, we're focused on delivering uh, very efficiently. We're also focused on uh, positioning Alberta's economy for economic growth and diversification, which also diversifies the government's revenues.
1: We're going to take two more on the line, then we'll come back to the room. So, operator, put in the next caller.
2: David Staples, Edmonton Journal. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Minister. Um, so I'm looking at the increase in non-renewable uh, resource revenue from two years ago to now. Two years ago, it was $3.1 billion. Now it's $27.5 billion. So that's a 790% increase in non-renewable resource revenue. Someone looking at that might say, well, you know, you're taking a lot of you know, why do you deserve credit for balancing the budget and paying down the debt when you get that kind of economic windfall? What would you say to someone who poses such a question to you? What credit do you think your government deserves
0: here? David, that's a great question. And energy revenues, non-renewable uh, resource revenues, oil royalties, if you will, continue to play a big part in our revenue mix. And, of course, the energy industry is a major industry in the province, and so it contributes to economic activity, which, of course, support personal uh, income tax revenue and revenues from uh, corporate taxes as well so it's it's a major player in Alberta but it's the combination of things granted the recovery in energy prices was very very significant but David if you recall when we presented budget 2022 a year ago we did we presented that budget based on uh, fairly modest energy prices energy prices that were were realistic based on on the time and the day And we were projecting very modest surpluses. We were projecting a surplus uh, last year of $500 million. And we also had done the work. We had extrapolated where our spending would be had we continued on the spending trajectory of the previous government. And instead of a $500 million surplus, we would have had a $6 billion deficit. So a balanced budget is a combination of things. Firstly... Uh, we absolutely have been blessed as Albertans over the last year and a half with an increase in recovery in energy prices, certainly a big part of the story. At the same time, we've seen government revenues grow broadly as we've seen a more diversified economy contributing to more personal income tax revenue and corporate tax revenue for the province of Alberta. And at the same time, our fiscal discipline, bringing our spending in line with other provinces, bringing our spending to sustainable levels, has been a big part of the story. It's really been all three.
2: David, did you have a follow-up? Yeah, if that same person and, you know, same voter asked you, well, you know, if the NDP was in power right now and enjoyed this same kind of massive windfall in resource revenue, wouldn't they also have a big surplus and also being, have paid down the debt significantly? And, and if not, what, why wouldn't
0: they have done it? Well, well, David, again, based on the spending trajectory of the NDP, when they were in office from 2015 to 2019, increasing spending by 4% a year when our economy was flatlined and revenues were declining, had had they been in office the last four years, um, again, given the uh, revenue assumptions that we made at budget time, again, they would have been reporting a $6 billion deficit not a $500 million surplus. And the fact that we're now projecting a $10 billion surplus for the current year that we're in, I think we could also extrapolate holding all things constant. It wouldn't have been 10. It would have been more like four had uh, the NDP been in office and had they continued to spend on the same trajectory. Fiscal discipline matters, David. And it's a big uh, and key ingredient in presenting a budget Uh, that's ultimately balanced through all three years of the fiscal plan.
1: Awesome. Operator, can you put through the next caller?
0: Thank you. Josh Aldridge, Calgary Herald.
5: Uh, Good afternoon, Minister. Thank you for for taking my question. Uh, You've talked a lot about what's happened since 2019 when the UCP came into power, about uh, the impacts on the economy and and the investments that are made there, but going through the budget this, this year, there's Not a lot that really stands out that's new in terms of that investment in the business sector. uh, Are are you looking at this as more just kind of stability to further uh, invigorate that uh, sector? Or are there specific programs or specific things that are in this budget that that you're looking at to uh, provide more of an injection into that business community? Because looking at it right now, not a lot there.
0: That's, uh, That's a great question, and I'd love to answer that. Because, again, back in 2019, we worked hard to create a very competitive business environment broadly. That's why we brought down our uh, corporate tax rate, our general tax rate, from 12 to 8%. That's why we've been focused on red tape reduction, regulatory modernization across sectors. And we've done that because we believe it's important that broadly we should have a very competitive business environment. Because there'll be opportunities that government could never see and if we have a very broad-based competitive business environment entrepreneurs and investors can take advantage of opportunities regardless of what sector and that's what we're seeing today and that's uh that's been very very gratifying and it's resulted in a in a diversifying economy um, of significant proportion
1: awesome josh did you have a follow-up Was there
0: any real
5: consideration into further lowering the uh, corporate business or the corporate tax or the small business tax to uh, further address some inflationary pressures, especially with a global slowdown
0: coming? You know, we we consider uh, our tax structure as we look at every budget. Right now, we are very, very competitive, more than competitive uh, from a Canadian standpoint and and very competitive with uh, U.S. states. So we believe that... Uh, we have the, we've calibrated our corporate tax rate at the right level. I, I should also mention that we have done some very specific, unique things in this budget with respect to our business environment. We have brought in the uh, agri-food processing and manufacturing tax credit, non-refundable corporate tax credit, which, again, will uh, further improve the competitiveness of our Agri- agri-food pr- processing and manufacturing sector and our agriculture industry broadly. We've increased the film tax credit going forward, which, again, will uh, improve our competitiveness in that space, and we've seen the film and television industry absolutely uh, explode over the last few years. So two things. Budget 23 is about stability, and business investment craves stability. I know as as a, a business owner and manager, stability and certainty are critical. That's what Budget 23 does. It brings stability at the same time we're making tweaks to even further improve the competitiveness of our business environment.
4: Awesome, we'll take it back to the room. Thank you, Charlotte. It's Lisa Johnson from the Edmonton General. Hi, Minister. Um, I just want to go back to Emma's question about the Alberta fund. You're saying that that the purpose of the fund is to have guardrails up to direct how the government spends a surplus or, or what it does with a surplus. Um, but this is discretionary, one-time funding. Are you saying, are you promising that you are going to detail any spending from the Alberta Fund if there is any before the election in the legislature? Because there are no details in in the documents today about what the government plans to spend potentially $1.4 billion on, potentially a month before the writ is dropped.
0: Any spending that's done between now and the election needs to be reflected in the appropriations bill and fiscal plan that uh, I'm presenting in the legislature later today. That's that's a reality for the upcoming budget year. Again, there's a contingency amount, $1.5 billion, in the budget that I'm presenting. And that contingency uh, fund is uh, crucially, vitally important to ensure that we can deal with disasters and emergencies that we're unable to budget or plan for. But again, any, any plans and programs need to be reflected in this appropriations bill. And, uh, and so, no, it, um, again, the Alberta fund really does provide guardrails. And firstly, at least 50% of a surplus has to be used towards debt that's maturing in the year the surplus is attained. That's, that's number one. It prioritizes debt repayment. That's our fiscal rule. But anything that ends up in the, the Alberta fund, only, you know, debt repayment, Additional investment into the Heritage Trust Fund, or again, one-time, non-recurring uh, investments that align with government strategic priorities uh, could 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 fit as well. But that needs to be reflected. Those plans need to be reflected in a budget.
2: Want
4: to follow up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but we won't see a fiscal update until after the election, so we won't have those details. Um, But you're saying that it's going to be reflected in appropriations in detail, Um, just to clarify. But I have a second question, which is a bit of a niche question. Um, In a mandate letter to her, Minister Premier Daniel Smith um, asked for a digital innovation tax credit for video game creators. I'm wondering why that was abandoned in this budget. I don't see it anywhere in the budget.
0: Sure. I mean, you know what? We, We constantly evaluate our competitiveness in every sector where we know we're naturally competitive. Certainly the tech sector is an area where we're naturally competitive. The numbers speak for themselves Uh, and I I, I should point out that in 2022 Alberta set another record in terms of uh, venture capital investment at something like 729 million and we did that. We set a new record at a time when uh, provinces, other large provinces with large tech sectors saw a decline in investment. So the point there is that Alberta is very competitive in the tech space. We have a growing tech sector in Alberta. We evaluate the competitiveness of every sector ahead of every budget and, and a, digital, a digital media tax credit is not included in this budget. We continue to work with the sector and the industry to understand what they're going to need to, to remain competitive. If I take a look broadly at the tech sector, what we're doing, again, broadly as a province, and that includes governments, includes our academic institutions, it includes our world class tech sector. What we're doing broadly is working because we're winning with venture capital investment.
1: Great. Thanks, Lisa.
0: Good afternoon. It's Safe Kaiser Global News. Minister, a couple questions back a couple of times.
2: You said this is not an election budget, but when we actually look at the budget, we see Calgary, which is a battleground, mentioned almost double the amount of times
0: Edmonton is, more money going to Calgary for more things. Why would that be the case if you're claiming this isn't an election budget? Again, I, I can tell you, uh, as the President of the Treasury Board, our practice when we consider requests from ministries, whether they be operating, but especially capital. So you can imagine every ministry lobbies hard for capital. And, of course, we hear... Um, you know, interventions from every MLA, rightfully so, as they're working to do their job. At Treasury Board, we have a comprehensive rating process that rates capital projects based on the need, based on the priority, based on the return of investment to Albertans, based on the readiness of that project. And it's through that checklist that ultimately... informs our decisions at Treasury Board as to which projects we approve and move forward with. And so, you know, from time to time, some years it's going to be rural Alberta. Other times it might be the north. I can't wait for that day, being from Grand Prairie. Other times it'll be the south or Calgary or Edmonton. But again, as the President of Treasury Board, we take a disciplined view and we want to ensure and we work to ensure that the highest priority, the most defensible projects are the ones that are funded. Budget 23 is no exception.
2: Right. So what you're saying then is uh, all of the requests you've, you've received from Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton has just as big of a population and as many problems as Calgary does. You're saying the requests you've seen don't
0: give you a large enough return of investment that you think it's worthwhile investing into those problems in Edmonton. Well, you know, the the projects are ranked based on need and priority Um, They have a ranking based on safety. They certainly have a ranking based on readiness. All of those factors are considered when Treasury Board makes the final decisions around the capital plan. And I can tell you this, that, uh, again, from time to time, it'll be Calgary, Edmonton, or rural Alberta. That seems to, you know, get a disproportionate amount of that investment. But that's the process we stick to, and that's the process we undertook in Budget
4: 23. Thanks, Eve. Hi, Minister. Morgan Black, also with Global News. Um, On the topic of priorities, I know affordable housing has been a big priority for Edmonton for a number of years. I didn't see that explicitly in the budget. I don't know if that's included in MSI funding, but why was that not encompassed within this budget?
0: That's a great question. Uh, We are uh, funding affordable housing in Budget 23. We're increasing funding for uh, affordable housing. And it it will be a key part of Budget 23. There's a great need out there, uh, both in our municipalities, Edmonton and Calgary especially, but more than that. You know, we can go to um, Grand Prairie, Fort McMurray, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, other regions as well. And we have a long term strategy around affordable housing. Our goal is to add 25,000 additional doors over time. We're sticking with that plan. Budget 23. uh, Ultimately, delivers uh, on the long-term plan to add more affordable housing options for Albertans.
4: Do you think? It, oh, all right. Um, and my colleagues asked such great questions that I just thought this one: um, If you had any more surplus, what would you have invested it in? That's not encompassed in this budget, and why?
0: That's a great question. You know, if uh, with additional surplus, I believe that we should really be making debt repayment uh, a priority in the future. Uh, Over the last few years, of course, with the shock of COVID, I talked about, it's kind of the triple black swan event, huge crash in energy prices, contraction in the global economy. Um, Alberta's debt grew. That's the reality. We had to deliver uh, for Albertans during that time. And uh, there was uh, a time in March, April of 2020 when uh, there was great global uncertainty economically and uh, all subnational governments in Canada, none of us could borrow, none of us could float a bond issue. And that, that lasted for quite a long period of time. And it was at that time I recognized the great need to create fiscal room so that uh, a province like Alberta can handle an economic or fiscal shock in the future. That's why debt repayment I believe should be a great priority because as you pay down debt you create fiscal room so that you can handle a shock in the future. The good news is this. We set a fiscal anchor of keeping our net debt to GDP ratio below 30%. Keeping a relatively strong balance sheet even during those dark days. By the end of this year, that net debt to GDP ratio is 10%. The strongest balance sheet of any province in the country by far. That's good news for all of Albertans.
1: Thank you. We have, uh, we have time for our two more questions from the line. And then we have a hard stop at 145. So uh, operator, can you put through the next caller?
5: One moment, please. Thank you. The next question is from Chris Varco, Calgary Herald.
2: Minister, what will be the split for how your government treats future surpluses from the Alberta Fund? In other words, how will you decide how to divvy that up between the three different buckets that you've already laid out today?
0: Uh, Chris, that's a great question. And we've allowed flexibility in the use of the Alberta Fund. Again, flexibility for debt repayment, uh, further investment in the Heritage Trust Fund, or perhaps one-time uh, strategic projects. And you know, my mind goes probably, if it is going to be used for those purposes, those are probably capital projects. But I believe that we need to leave um, flexibility, because uh, for governments of the day, uh, they're going to need to evaluate uh, the cost of capital. Cost of borrowing. They're going to need to evaluate expected returns in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. They're going to need to take a look at uh, their overall debt levels. Uh, All of those features, I believe, should inform decisions around ultimate surplus allocation. Again, Chris, um, if you heard my answer to the previous question, you know my preference. My preference right now is debt repayment, debt reduction, in order to create fiscal room. Because fiscal room gives a a province such as Alberta um, more optionality, more flexibility should we hit another economic shock in the future. And at the same time, right now, uh, our cost of capital, like every government around the world, has been creeping up with interest rates. Even though um, our cost of capital relative to Ontario was going down because of our strong balance sheet, the reality is, is we're in a time of increasing interest rates. And so right now, debt repayment... Also, uh, materially lowers debt service costs, which that funding can be available for programming or future investment in the Heritage Savings Trust Fund.
1: Chris, did you have a quick follow-up?
2: Yes, uh, this is a bit of a two-part question, Minister, but is it your target to drive net debt down to zero? Um, And just going back to your earlier comments about the effectiveness of balanced budget bills, given the fact that we've already seen them in the past in this province in the 1990s and in the 2000s, and they were subsequently ignored by, by future governments, um, how successful or how effective are
0: they? Chris, I believe a well-thought-out um, set of fiscal rules, um, a well-thought-out fiscal framework, like the framework that I'll be um, ultimately uh, presenting in the House uh, in the form of proposed legislation. I believe that type of fiscal framework can be very durable. But it, there needs to be enough flexibility in the framework so that it can account uh, and adjust for a very volatile revenue structure which we have in this province. And, and I believe these fiscal rules will accommodate that. And at the same time bringing real fiscal rigor to, uh, to financial decisions uh, by, the, by a, a future government. So again, as you know, we have a balanced budget requirement or we'll be proposing legislation that will require a balanced budget. But there are exceptions, exceptions with uh, material drops in revenue uh, that we have to have in this province or the the fiscal rule simply won't work and it will need to be repealed. When it comes to our fiscal rules around limiting uh, expenditure increases to population growth and inflation, again, uh, we 're building um, we 're building on the previous year 's expense ceiling, not the previous year 's actual results that 's significant that will ensure that wise governments start to create a little bit of unused room so that they can deal with a shock that uh, would inevitably come. I believe these fiscal rules will uh, deliver well uh, for albertans for years, hopefully decades to come, and will help ensure sound uh, you know fiscal decision making
1: thank you. That is all the time we have for today uh, we 're going to end it there for those on the line we didn 't get to apologize. You can always follow up with myself. My contact information is on the news releases. Thanks.